If you have never felt the full force of a success catalyst before, you are in for a treat when you meet Annie Givens. Her raw energy and authentic storytelling will draw you in, blow your mind, challenge your mindset and leave you screaming for more inspiration. As a highly sought after global women's success catalyst, media executive, publisher, speaker and number one best-selling author, Annie is prominently positioned as a leading voice for women in business and leadership. Since founding Women's Biz Global, Annie has coached thousands of women from around the world to achieve financial independence and freedom by calling out limiting beliefs, clarifying purpose, and constructing strong business practices to grow and succeed. Amazingly, she has achieved her success while raising her family of five, including two sets of twins born 26 months apart. And today, Annie is launching Memoirs of Successful Women, which is a collection of empowering stories from exceptional women who've overcome challenges and achieved remarkable success. Please welcome to the State Library of New South Wales, Annie Gibbons. Thank you so much and thank you to everyone who has stayed the whole day and for those of you who have joined us later today. It's just such a joy to be here at the State Library and also thank you so much to Jane and her tribe of helpers, I'm assuming otherwise she's seriously Wonder Woman, for making this happen. I've had a great day listening to all of the speakers and I'm super excited to be your final speak speaker because then we can all go and absorb all of the fantastic books and maybe buy some and then have a little celebratory drink. So I'm here on a special day because we are launching uh, the latest anthology from Women's Biz Global and it's called Memoirs of Successful Women and it's a result of uh, the whole topic of Memoirs of Successful Women is the name of my podcast. So I started a podcast back in COVID because it was a time, as we've heard from other speakers, that we all had a little bit more time, right? Um, sorry, I'm just going to change microphone. So we all had a lot more time and I I thought, why not? I'm going to have a podcast. I've always wanted to have a podcast because I do love talking and then I get to talk to other people and we all have fun time. So I called it Memoirs of Successful Women because I find all women seriously amazing. I love unpacking their stories. We all have a story. And then I um, got to this stage last year and I went, we should have our book called Memoirs of Successful Women. So we are celebrating the launch of this book today and we have uh, 12 ladies who are part of this book. And we have a couple here today which I'll bring down on stage a little bit later. So my passion, being the CEO and founder of Women's Biz Global, I'm obviously passionate about women and I'm super passionate about helping them step into their greatness because we're all great, men and women, but women often just need that extra little nudge. They need a cheer squad. They need people to actually just see their worth and what they are seriously able to do and I love that. So I have the pleasure of doing that and I also started this business after being a change management CEO for about a decade uh, and my journey was a very interesting journey. So as you heard in my introduction, I have had the road less travelled, shall we say. So I am the woman who was the little girl who went to everybody who knew me, 
I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be a businesswoman. And they said, why do you want to be, be a businesswoman? Because you get to boss people around. You get to have, you get to create things. You certainly get to wear really nice dresses and hopefully fly in a plane. That was about it for my dream. And I used to tell everybody, of which my entire family used to say, Darling, you're dreaming. You're not going to be a businesswoman because you're actually going to be a pharmacist because your father's a pharmacist and he's excited that you're going to work with him forever. And so here I am, this little, you can imagine, we didn't walk around with tutus back in those days, but I would have if I had one. But the thought of working in a pharmacy, handing out tablets and talking to old people all day would have just fried my brain. And uh, I think that was a good thing that I didn't become a pharmacist. But then I fell in love at the end of high school to my lovely husband and I told him, of course, my great plans. It's great you've met me, darling, because I'm going to be such a successful, high-flying businesswoman. And then three years later, we had twins. Twin boys, gorgeous. So I'm 23 years old and have twin little babies. And at this stage... A long backstory we don't have time for today is I'd actually become a registered nurse because no one actually believed that I could be a businesswoman. So hence, I accepted their negative beliefs and then I didn't apply for business. Then I said, well, if I can't do business, maybe I could do sales and marketing. I hear that's a new thing. No, I hear a blanket statement. You can't do sales and marketing because when you have children one day, you'll be a bad mother because those women work all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to be a bad mother. So anyway, I became a nurse. And I was a mighty fine nurse, let me tell you. So anyway, so I'm a nurse. I have my twin little boys. And then we think we'll have one more because life's already crazy. And then 26 months later, expand a body here, uh, has twins again. Crazy, right? So I have four kids in 26 years and I'm still waltzing around saying, Mm, it is getting really difficult to imagine how I'm going to be a successful <laughs> businesswoman. And, um, and I used to cry over it. So I used to love my job, love my little kitties, no complaints. But I had many of those moments and I'm sure many of you have had them that you're just sitting there on your little couch going, I love my babies, I really do. But I just thought I was born for more. And the little tears are struggling down my face. And my husband's going, you're the best, babe. You're the best. Uh, you're really good, mum. I'm going, I know. I know I'm a good mum. I know I'm a good nurse. It's not about that. It's about why did I get such a strong belief that I was born to be this person if it's not meant to be? And I struggle with that. I'm thinking, this is nuts. God, you're a weird God. Why do you make someone like that? Why do I have these desires? I saw business opportunities everywhere. I'm like, I could start that business. Why doesn't that person do this? Why did my mind operate this way? And then I tapped into, in the middle of the tears and the craziness, you can't even imagine, I tapped into a whole lot of intentional conversations with my grandmothers. So at this stage, didn't have a great relationship with my mother. Another backstory you don't want to go into. But anyway, I had two super groovy grandmas. Now, I'm a fun little bouncy girl. I have one grandmother who's Russian, Mama, who was born an aristocrat 
in Russia. And basically, Tsar of Nicholas, she ends up becoming a refugee, loses all of her wealth via um, France, comes to Australia. My mother was born. She has problems with that because she came, couldn't speak English and it wasn't cool to have a French accent back in the day. Another long story. But my grandma was super cool. And I used to say, Mama, you believe in me. Everyone else says I'm crazy. But what do you think? Do you think I really can be a businesswoman one day? And she said a really interesting thing. She said, darling, you need to stop worrying about your mother calling you crazy because she calls me crazy too. So we can both be crazy. What you've got to do is, and listen to this, Start thinking like you have diamonds in your pocket. And then I went, what? It's almost like I'm picturing my ma, and she didn't say it to that. She's going, start thinking like you have the diamonds in your pocket. And I'm like, ah, oh, right. I mean, I'm just picturing Anastasia. That was her journey. She's filthy rich. We're talking filthy rich in, in uh, Moscow, fleeing... And she actually is the child who got the diamonds put in your pocket because you're going to have to bribe people on your way across the world. And eventually she didn't have any left by the time she came to Australia, which was a bit disappointing. Uh, but what she was saying was, you need to start thinking like a queen. Change my life, this comment. Think like you've got diamonds in your pocket. And I used to explore it. I used to love my lunches with her and go, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. She goes, let's face it, darling. If you're a queen or you have diamonds in your pocket, you're not asking for permission. You are not asking for permission to do anything. You just do it. Everything is possible when you have money and connections and people who support you, possibly because they're scared, <laughs> whatever. Um, and it's all about that. And I went, oh, I like it. Which is why my daughters used to say to me, Mum, why do you call us princess? And I'm like, oh, because I'm the queen, right? <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. So now I'm Queen Annie and I'm totally digging this. Then I tap into my other grandma, chalk and cheese grandmas. This one grew up in Glebe. Dirt poor. Her mother did a runner when she was two. Gets looked after in the family situation and seriously grew up. Sounded like Cinderella. And she used to say, I used to tell her about my funny conversations with mama and she goes, oh, she's such a nutter. And I'm going, I know, but I love her. Anyway, so then she went and said, darling, what you've got to do is you've got to stop waiting for someone. If you want to do something in life, You've just got to do it yourself because that was her life. So just do it. Don't whinge. No one cares. And to be honest with you, and here's your next gold nugget, when they finally come to help you, they're going to want to do it their way. And that's going to drive the hell out of you. I thought, too right. I like doing things my way. I'm like bus queen, right? So I want to do things my way. And I want to do them like I've got my diamonds in my pocket. So here I am. You're picturing me now. I've got four little kitties under two and a half. <laughs> and I'm a little bit nutty, but, you know, I'm surviving. I'm cool mum. And, um, and then over the next few years, I actually had a moment. I had a moment. I think I was about 28 after one of my sobbing moments. And I went, 
I'm going back to university. And my husband just looked at me a little bit scared and went, what does that mean? Right? And I went, you know what? I know I'm a good nurse. And at this stage I was like a nursing teacher. I ended up becoming a head teacher of nursing and then did three degrees. So I ended up navigating three degrees around these five kitties. I had another one just because God's such a blessing. I'm so blessed. All right. So I had five kitties. I navigated three degrees. But it was joy because the whole time from that moment, I used to just go off to university. I did a master's. I did a graduate diploma and then I got so excited, mainly because I got time out. Back in those days, they didn't actually think mums should have a break, but they valued education. So although I had to go on Wednesday nights over to UTS, it actually took three hours. For me, it took five because I had to arrive early, go to the cafe, read a magazine, stare at all the other ladies who didn't have children. I'm like, I'm going to be like you one day, right? In their fancy clothes, inspiration, inspiration, all right? So I did my qualifications. Then I actually had to start thinking, what does it actually mean to be successful? How am I going to get there? It doesn't happen overnight. It took me 15 years to do these three degrees and juggle all the kitties and still be a good mum. They still love me, all of that sort of thing. But I required myself to then start thinking. It's not just being a princess. It's not just saying I'm not going to wait for someone else to help me here. So I don't want to be selfish. It actually required new learning, dedication, resilience, it required grit, it required grace, it required humility. It also resulted in many, oh my God, what was I doing moments of which everyone had no care for because they said, you wanted this. And I went, good point. All right. So it was challenging, but I actually had to dig deep and then I actually changed track and I started watching what do successful people do. And I learned a lot Successful people, if you start thinking of a, um, an Olympian, they are successful. Why? Because they show up when no one else is watching. Rain, hail or shine, they show up. Our swimmers that we see that they have one moment of fame every few years and you get go, we're all into swimming in Australia, they go up and down that black vine every day, get up at four o'clock because it's what's required. So then I had a growth experience while I was then becoming a senior manager and to a CEO, I ended up having the joy of working with so many surgeons from around the world. I became a health educationalist CEO, change management CEO, heaps of cool opportunities. Thanks to qualifications, thanks to dedication, grit, perseverance, some, a lot of frustrations, stretching beyond my in comfort zone. Now, I don't even have an uncomfort zone. <laughs> I can bungee jump off anything, do anything. My view on life is, am I going to die? I'm not going to die. Give it a go. Ultimate learning experience. It changed my view because everything is possible. So my grandmothers were right. Right, And then I started thinking about, well, how do I specialise as a change management CEO? And I did all this for a decade. And then I actually went, what do women need? What did Annie need when she was 16 running around the house saying, I'm going to be a businesswoman? And everybody I knew said, 
no, you're not. And then I'd say, well, why not? And then they would kill blanket statements like, you have no head for finance. What 16-year-old has a head for finance? I don't know. I didn't even have any money. How do I know if I had a head for finance? I don't know. How did she know? You know what? The person who says those things, that's their situation, right? So many blanket statements. You know, you won't be able to be a good mum if you have a full-time job. Well, hello, I seem to have raised five children. They seem to be reasonably balanced. We all do it our own way. Who are others to create these standards for us. And while I did that, I start thinking those key things. The Olympian doesn't go and say, well, someone else says I won't do it. They go opposite. They go, I'm closing my eyes every day and I'm picturing myself on the podium. I can see myself. I'm not on the third. I'm not on the second. I am the winner. What is the worst thing for an Olympian? Coming second, right? So I learned a lot about that too. I used to watch the surgeons too and the surgeons were like that. You do it, you do it to be the best at your craft. And then they said, why are women so hung up on they think that's selfish? Do you think it's selfish to go to your doctor and hope they've come second or third? No. Everyone who comes to see them wants to know, are you the best? Of course they say, well, I like to think so, but of course my esteemed colleagues might disagree. Okay. So then I then looked into the whole area of personal branding. Annie is obviously a showgirl. Annie was the five-year-old girl who would have loved a tutu. Annie was the girl who was born for a reason. And despite all of the obstacles, crazy, crazy family situation, right? Besides all of the negative, that's not going to happen. Oh, it's getting pretty hard now. Oh, that little dream's really burst now. All of that screws your head. Once you actually went... I don't care about that. I'm going to think like I've got diamonds in my pocket. I'm going to just do it and not wait for anyone to give me permission. And I'm going to start showing up as myself. So then I was in the era that every woman who seemed to get these executive roles decided to wear grey trousers. And I'm like, ooh, I don't do grey. And also, let's face it, it's not as if 50% of men have these roles. 97% of them have the roles. They don't need another person with a blue tri tie and a grey trouser, right? So then I went, oh, moment. My inner eccentric Annie went in and go, I'm going to be that woman who just wears florals. I love florals. So I just went, I'm going to step into who I am. I don't, I've gone through such a crazy journey. I'm just going to start showing up. And so those concepts of authenticity and showing up as you are, I tell you what, once you step into that and then you go, it's who I am, I actually don't even hear the noise. I don't care. I'm not living my life for anybody else. 
all of a sudden you then just get into these opportunities. So this one might make me cry because it's seriously when I held it last oh, actually it's still this year I went over to Perth and I was the entrepreneur um, empowerment woman of the year yeah pretty cool and I'm going to New York next week and I'm picking up six international women's business awards called the Stevie Awards and I'm taking my daughter who's 24 I'm gonna cry and um, we're going to go together and why does it make me cry because this represents my grandmas. This represents the words of women who support women who go, you go, girl. You do it your way. You don't apologise. You show up as you are with your flat florals, with your hair straight one day, with your hair green one day, with your hair bouncy one day. And you go, I don't care. I'm not living my life for you. And then I started looking at all sorts of other things and went, how does this authenticity thing work? I've got to actually work out what is brand Annie. Because in my world, I'm, I'm Women's Biz Global, so I have a professional brand, but Annie is Women's Biz Brand Global. So then that creates a whole space of what does that mean? And I tell you what, it's a whole less exhausting if you just keep showing up as yourself. So this whole authenticity thing really works because I can have a bad hair day and go, that's because Annie's, a, her part of her brand is real. <laughs> so, which, and I'll give you an example of why that's important to me. I've got some little my props because I do love a bit of prop. Now, this picture here, I was a bit excited when I got my first international magazine cover. So this was really lovely. But this is American. Seriously, I've never looked this good in my life. They seem to airbrush the living daylights out of you, right? So it was nice, but it is not brand Annie. And it actually, in the world of branding, because our branding is what someone else describes you are when you're not in the room. Think of that. Jeff Bezos said that, and it is profound. Everyone wonders, what is my brand? What are my colours? What are my values? What, you know, what do I stand for? Who do I need, meet? All those things. And they're super important. And if you want an awesome executive coach, come and talk to me. I can just talk about all that stuff for a long time. But besides that, the most important thing is Annie walks out of the room and what do people say? Who is Annie Gibbons? That is my brand. And it's going to be a whole lot of combination of things. It's going to be people have seen you on a magazine cover. It's going to be Annie's got an international magazine, Women's Biz magazine, and I'm the editor-in-chief. They're going to say, well, I've read her articles. I read what she says. I read her content. They read my blog. They see me in my books, right? So I've got a whole stack of books now because I'm just really embracing this whole author thing and I've even become a publisher. So that's exciting, but it's got to represent me, all right? So I'm going to have – and branding is also branding by association. Think about that. Who are you with? So I started – I was a bit bored in COVID and I always dreamed of writing a book on twins because, let's face it, I have two sets. <laughs> I'm the guru, right? And let's also face it, I was a bit busy for 25 years. I didn't have time to write a twin book and if I did – Every other mother on the planet would have hated me because women can get a bit nasty that way, right? Who has time to write a twins book when you've got two sets of twins? And also, obviously, hyperactive and doing all those other things. So I wrote 
twins, all right? Now, why did I need to have an authority book? This is what we call an authority book, and this is an area that I specialise in now. I've got a new one coming out called Magnetic Attraction. Doesn't that just sound great? Because that's what I'm like. I'm like a magnet. Suck them into me, right? If I'm your girl and it resonates with you, I'll, the, your people will find me. I don't even have to sell. And everyone else who thinks I'm totally loopy, like my mum, it's all right. I don't have space. We can just have coffee sometimes. Not a problem. You're not my peeps. So it makes it actually very easy. So there's authority books, and we've heard that from some of the speakers today. It's your business card. If there's a motherhood conference, which is not my main biz, but of course they're going to get who's – who's multiple birth Australia going to get to be their keynote speaker? Annie Gibbons. She's even got the book, right? I just send the book and say, hey, do you want me to speak? Mel? <laughs> yeah. All right. So then we've got anthologies. I've also then had this experience. This is quite weird. Someone wrote a book about me. And this was an interesting journey that suddenly it's someone else's interpretation of you. And then how comfortable are you with that? It's good. And it's not so good because it's kind of weird, right? So that's an interesting one. Then you also have books that you're part of. And some of our ladies are here today, such as Swati, such as Susie, such as Kelly, such as Helen. And you're all part of another group. And then you have branding by association. And that's one that I was in. I was in this one. So it's not about me. But it then puts me in a position that I am attached for life with these other co-authors. And that's pretty cool. Opens up a whole lot of opportunities you know, like I've been books of with people who are like CEO of NASA and on Forbes Business Council. It's very good branding by association. It's also a backfire if those people are not aligned with who you are and what you stand for. So as you go on your journey, you have to start thinking, you know, well, what is my digital footprint? What is my social proof? What are the conversations I have with people? Who do I recommend? Who do I refer? Who do I do business? I've got a new program I've just been shooting for the last two weeks, Women's Biz TV, coming on cable TV to 350 million people next year. Super exciting. But who do I then, you know, ask? Who, do, who, who meets my brand and who's also happy? And I'm telling you now, I go through so much research checking who's going to be on my show and I also have so much respect for those people who I can see they've checked me out on LinkedIn, they've checked out every single part of my digital footprint, right? And hopefully they've even done what we call in the world of CEO talk, the water cooler conversation. Everything happens at the water cooler in an office or the photocopier room. That's where the real cultural tone gets exposed. Everyone, when you walk into the office as a CEO, I walk in, got my bag, got my nice desk, and then I waltz through the office and go, hi, Jane, hi, Susie, hi, Helen, how's everybody? Chat, 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 because that's what you do. It's professional. But when I go out and go and have a cup of coffee and the staff are hanging around at the water cooler or at the photocopier, that's where the brand, that's where the cultural tone, that's where everything gets real. That's where Jeff Bezos 
actually nailed it and said, your brand is what people say when you're out of the room, right? So I want to, you to think about that today. What is your brand? If someone actually asked you, what do you think it is, all right, and that's your spiel, and anyone in business, anyone doing anything should be able to step up, and I train people to do this. Who are you? What do you do? Who do you serve? And we get better and better and better at that. But more likely it's worth spending some time researching, and the doctors nail this. They do this thing called 360-degree assessments, and they ask everybody... The person who runs the ward, the nurse in intensive care, the person who does the trolleys, the this or that, and they go and say, they ask them questions. What do you think about me? What do you think about me? And they sometimes do it anonymously and it is so revealing. All right? Back in school days, we used to call this the Jahari window. It's the little box that you go, I don't know what I don't know. And it is life-changing. So that's where I am on my journey now. All right, I'm coaching women from around the world to actually just step into their greatness. We are all great, all right. I do have a couple of lovely gay guys as my clients. I'm not anti-men. Um, basically, I'm about, like our previous speaker said, what are, you, what are you trying to achieve from this? If you actually want to, you know, become the face of your business, step into your presence, get more confidence, be able to just be zen and focused because you've, trained yourself not to have all that other crap, you can just do impossible things. I see the impossible happening every single day and it's super exciting, super exciting to the point that once you're in that space and you start meeting people, just this week I've had people who are astronauts on my show, people who are in deep tech, people who are, you know, training for these incredible STEM projects, some people who are doing underwater cabling between Australia and Samoa, these amazing women. And what did they have in common? They knew the recipe of success. All of them had sat on my show as I was interviewing them, right? And they all acted like they had diamonds in their pockets. They all had this language of, well, you know, everything's possible. I've just got to find the way. I've just got to be right, connected right. I do have to have the qualifications. I have to be really respectful and collaborative and inclusive and all these things. But I just have to believe that it's possible because I know it is because everything is limitless. And then I go and say, well, how did you do it? And they go, oh, I just did it. Other grandma. I just do it. I just decided. This one lady who suddenly became an astronaut who'd been working in the public service, a bit like your story, Jane. She just went, oh, well, my dream career that I thought I had finished. And I just went, what's a cool job? She went to a career advisor. And they said, what would you like to do? She goes, I'd like to be a rocket scientist. Nuts. What do we say when we're sometimes flippant? What does a girl dream about when she closes her eyes and she just fantasises that everything is possible? Changes your life. So I encourage you to get a journal. Get a journal this week if you haven't got one. Start writing down some questions. Who do I think I am? Who do I want to be? What's the difference between where I am now to where I want to go? What will that look like? And most importantly, what will it feel like? 
Feeling is so much more important than looking. If I had imagined what my career journey would look like, I would have just been stuck on my own perspective. How did Annie Gibbons navigate all those kiddies and, and crazy talk and opportunities, qualifications, doing all these different things on my career path? I wouldn't have imagined that this is impossible, that I've now got a global, global business, I'm winning awards, I'm travelling and I'm having the time of my life. I've never been so happy. The only thing that would make me happier is just to hug my nanas and say thank you. Yeah? So I encourage you to buy that journal, write those things down. And, uh, and I want you to buy this book today if you have not already. I'm going to finish up because we're all ready for drinks. <laughs> Memoirs of Successful Women is an example of women who are stepping into their greatness. Women who have decided at some stage of their life, you know what, this might be the road less travelled. This might not be the job or the career or the lifestyle or the whatever that Almost everybody else I know thinks I should do or be. And that's okay because these women, when you read their stories, what do you hear? Just satisfaction, contentment, happiness and joy. And you get that when you just step into your own greatness, step into the person that you're born to be and then you just start owning it and the leap happens when you stop apologising. So no more ladies around the room, no more, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As a previous speaker said, we get trained by this. Little girls, be good, be quiet, look after everybody else, don't make a fuss. Seriously, you can be lovely. I'm lovely. You look lovely. It doesn't mean that you can't step into your greatness and be the most incredible human being. Do you have to climb Everest? No. Do you have to stand on the podium and be first at everything? No. Most of the time you just want to be pretty good. Well, like our previous speaker, you love jazzercise and aerobics and doing... It doesn't matter what it is. What does matter is it floats your boat. You go to bed at night and go, gee, that's, I'm having a good time. Because it permeates. Your kids are happier. Everyone's happier. We had a saying that I'll finish with you now. If mummy's not happy, nobody happy. All right? It's true. All right? So be happy. Believe in your greatness. I'm looking forward to our little chats coming up. Thank you to Jane for having me here today. And uh, thank you to our speakers. Um, you've been all incredible. It's so lovely to be the last speaker because I just got to gobble up all of your words of wisdom. It was a joy. Uh, thank you for those who've come along uh, today. And really, yeah, I encourage you. I know Jane will probably do this, but go and check out all those books. They are people's joy. They are people who've had this passion burning in them for three years, five years, you know, 25 years. It took me to write twins, right? But it finally gets there and you have birthed that baby, right? And everyone loves their baby. All right. So go and enjoy the books. Um, 
I'm going to invite my authors down so we can have some photos on the stage. And um, so we've got a couple from different books. We've got two authors from memoirs and we've got a couple, I think, from Heart Warrior. But you know what? You just got to celebrate because I like to party often. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share with you.